Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Talk Recorded live.
Hey, man. What's going on, man? Oh, you know. Watching my Jackets lose. Probably outplayed this team for the majority of the series, especially when they were five on five. And, you know, you stay out of the box, you have a chance of winning these things, but you can't give that power play that many opportunities. Let's let's do five to seven minutes on that right now, just to real react. Um, And then we can just go into the Browns thing. I don't got a lot on the Browns, actually. I don't either, to be honest. Um, You know, it's my spiel every year come draft time. i got (laughs) to trust what they see because they've got the inside stuff that I don't have. Now, I do have an opinion that Josh Allen would be a fucking nightmare. All right. Well, that should be fun. Because um, he's the guy I want them to draft. So, you know okay, good. <laughs> we can talk him about his, that. Him and his 56% completion rate. Hey, man. <laughs> you got you to gotta take a chance on somebody. You know what I'm saying? What do you want, Baker uh, Mayfield running around here like Johnny? No, you know give, give me Darnold. Give me Darnold. All right. Jimmy Gardner will take one. How about Mason Rudolph at 30 instead and take two position players? I mean, we're not we're not doing the brand we know Oklahoma State quarterback thing. Right? <laughs> I think we're not. We're not. I think Mason Rudolph actually might be decent. but And that's why well, I'm kind of worried the one thing. Because it's like it's not about who's the best prospect. It's about who's going to fit with Cleveland. Like right. I kind of want us to like look at that prison. You know what I mean? So it's not like guys we just think going to bust out, you know. It's no, like I, who's, who can fit. So that that's kind of, you know what I mean, like at least when it comes to that question. So think what Lamar Jackson would fit with Tyrod Taylor being his mentor. Well, there there's something there. Now there you got something. So you know what I mean. But <laughs> Lord knows that that would never happen. So hey, just forget the intro. We're we got this is the best stuff here. <laughs> now we got to do something Come back to it. let people know that we have a podcast again. So you know all right, I mean? you do that stuff, I guess. All right, go uh, ahead. This is with an Ohio bias, a podcast for real fans with D and J. The Blue Jackets lose, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to talk about it. This is our live reaction, you know, 10 minutes after we saw six-on-six hockey for four minutes, um, or six-on-five hockey for four minutes. Jake, uh, there's no other way to dance around it, man. Uh, This is disappointing, and, um, you know, as much as people want to – I see some people bellyaching, and I'm not calling anybody out, but, you know, like people want you to stay positive or whatnot. I mean, the Blue Jackets cannot win a playoff series. Yeah, um, you know, it's uh, unlike the players and coaches where they get like a little bit of a cooling off period. We are really fresh on this happening. Um, I told my dad that I felt like it was just kind of a star-crossed season all year, Um, whether that was the injuries or the slow starts to some of the players that uh, we were counting on. Um, you know, you run into Washington and you pretty much outplayed them when you were playing five on five. Bobrovsky played great most of the series, so I, I can't blame it on him. I mean, a lot of these goals were he had no chance or a deflection. Um, now, of course, he gave up a few, but every goal he does. Uh, it's just, uh, I hate to say wait for next year, but that's kind of where we are. I, I think this team took another step in maturing. Uh, you, you added a lot of youth this year uh, with big roles for Anderson and Bjorkstrand um, amongst others. You added, you know, a brand new piece that's the centerpiece of your entire team in, in uh, Panarin. So, you know, a lot of that stuff has to take some time to gel. But the bottom line is the power play can't be that bad and the penalty kill can't be that bad. And Matt Calvert can't be the best player on the ice for you. 
Well, two things. One, for, first of all, just because it's raw right now, what the what? Oh, I'll say what the fuck. What was Cole doing? Like, what what kind of effort was that? You know, you talk about Bob giving up goals. I mean, I feel like at times, like the the whoever's on the line or whatever back there does him know. And that that Cole play is a microcosm. I'm not blaming Cole or anything like that, but we've talked about it so many times on this podcast, especially when you get to the playoffs. Momentum is everything. Now, shout-outs to Nick Foligno, man. I mean, doing what a captain does, almost, you know, kick-started another epic comeback. But, I mean, how much, you know, magic was left in the bag considering the way that this series started out? They go 2-1, but the overtimes, I mean, how much of it is Bob being a little worn down versus – because that's what I was thinking about. Like, going to the end of the season, you saw some, you know, get him giving up some goals that were just um, – like in the last couple of games that just didn't match up with it. I think he was a little worn down, or maybe not a little worn down, but something different needs to be done for the way that the Blue Jackets end the season and then start into a playoff series. I don't care if they're playing, you know, that team from over in eastern Pennsylvania or not. They, they've got to be able to push through, especially when you got home home ice. And, I mean, like you, you flip a series so that you have home ice and – I, this this one is a real head scratcher, Jake. Because I just like this was the one. I, I know we're supposed to be optimistic, and I am. I heard the thing the other day, and I didn't even notice. Like how young with Dubois? I knew Dubois is young. I knew Panarin is young. But you know what I mean? Like if you look at that that line, how young they are with you know what I'm saying Cam Atkinson. Um, definitely the future's bright. Um, they got some good pieces. But what else can they add? I mean, if we're if we're looking at anything, I mean, I hate to say it, but. I mean, when it comes to the playoffs, Bob has not delivered as much as I love the guy. The Lord knows I love him. But it might be time to be looking at another goalie. I know that was a lot in there, but. Well, first, I don't think it's time for another goalie. It's a two-time Vezina winner. Um, and a lot, like I said, a lot of the goals that he gave up in this series were not uh, a product of him uh, making a bad play or taking a bad angle. It was uh, very much so uh, a lack of accountability or a two-on-one or something like that. Um, but that being said, you're right. I think that everybody needs to, to take a step back and look at themselves in the mirror and, and step up and figure out what they did, what their part was, and where they can get better. And, you know, that includes John Tortorella. Um, you know, you, you go up 2-0 on the road. You win two road games. And to come back and then lose four straight, I mean – I, I understand that he was trying to get some stuff going today by switching out all the lines, but it felt like a panic move to me. You know, you're, you're switching out every line, hoping to catch a spark. In the meantime, everybody's trying to still figure people figure each other out. Um, so to me, it just was, it, like I said, it was kind of a star cross season from the very beginning. Uh, but I do think this team is in, uh, this club's in a great position moving forward. Uh, they, they do have the best young nucleuses in the entire uh, NHL take out gold or uh, Las Vegas because they were handed one. But uh, is this team going to be okay going, going forward? Bjorkstrand, Milano, all these guys that were up in Cleveland, Anderson, um, th- these are guys that have won throughout their, their careers. Warinsky, Jones. Uh, this team next year is going to be a, a very, very – uh, tough out in the playoffs, I think. The, as long as they stay healthy, the, what you do, D, when you when you take an extra year, year, you lose in the first round, you lose in the first round, whatever it might be, it, it's the hump that you have to get over. You know, I think of basketball like Michael Jordan had to get by the Pistons. You know, 
the Blue Jackets got to get past the first round, whoever the hell it's against. And uh, I, I think next year that they'll be coming in very focused. Um, we'll see what kind of moves they make in the offseason. Uh, but it, it's very encouraging what we have, but it sure as hell sucks to lose in the first round again, especially in those communist capitals. Yeah, the home losses hurt. Um, you got to give credit to Trotz and, you know, pulling a goalie, going to Hopi. Um, I mean, you, you kind of want to yeah. say he made adjustments that, you know, Torch did not, or his adjustments worked better than Torch, which i tell you this, you know, I listen to a lot of Kornheiser. They kill Trotz all the time on there for not being able to do that, or at least not working. They were killing him for this move, and it actually worked out. Now, yeah, of course, it's probably not going to work out in the next round, but you know what I mean? I mean, they got there. He got a lot of heat for that move, too, initially, and, and it turns out, and I even thought before he made the switch that he's setting his goalie up in Holdby, who's the better of the goalie, the guy who's been through the playoffs all these years. He's setting him up in a position to, to succeed. You stick Holdby out there in games one and two, and if he gets beat up and then you got to go to Grubauer, I don't feel as good. But if Grubauer can maybe steal one of those two home games and then we can go to Holtby at some point, Holtby's going to have an edge to him. He's going to be focused. He's going to be the, you know, that – rallying thing here comes Holtby uh so I I thought Trotz did an excellent job in the way he handled his goaltenders uh even though he got down 0-2 and you never want to do that but uh hats off to Holtby I mean every bounce he made uh every bounce putt he was making the saves on he was seeing it like a beach ball he was able to see through screens um he was the real real difference maker outside of the special teams well, we know the special teams. I mean, we talked with Ben Jandron from the 6i4.com about that right before, you know, the whole first round started. That was one of the things that he harped on and kind of went back and forth about. But also, too, Jake, I mean, you know the reason that I love the playoffs, you know, especially the NHL playoffs. It's the physicality. And I'm going to tell you like this, man. You know, I'm just a casual hockey you know, viewer or casual hockey fan. But, you know, I mean, my goodness, man. I mean, how many times do I see the Blue Jackets just let guys release, you know, when they have possession on the opposing ice and, or in opposing zone and the scoring opportunities and guys are just skating past the glass with no contact or they literally have, you know what I mean, an exchange and the guy leaves with no contact. And every other team is pressing those guys against the glass. And I just don't understand it with the Blue Jackets. Like, it's like they literally, I mean, especially as this series went on, they, there was no aggression in these last couple of games. You finally saw it. I mean, whenever they went down a couple of goals, they fought back. But where was that to start out? I mean, you know, the Capitals were able to, you know, be the aggressors coming out and, I mean, get the early goal lead. And the Blue Jackets, you know, I mean, I know they were a great comeback team all year. We always know they come back, but – how much gas do you have in the tank to keep climbing that mountain? No, I think it's a fair point. You know, um, they, I just want to see needed, somebody get hit, man, against the glass. Right? I mean. No, you, they they were the softer of the two teams, I think, and obviously not all the way through. Matty Calvert's a, a grinder. He's uh, who else is on this team that can really muck it up? Boone Jenner. Uh, played, I thought, a pretty good series. Yeah, Art, you have the individuals who do it, you know what I mean? We know Dubinsky right. when he gets up against, you know, the guy over there. But, I mean, mm-hmm. like, where, where is the team identity with that? We need a tough hockey team to win playoff games. And I don't know how we're going to develop that in an offseason 
because um, it hasn't happened over the last two years, and that's what I look, and that's what I think. I mean, we know the Capitals are now way tough as you know. As we think about the Penguins, so I mean, there's still a huge gap that the Blue Jackets aren't even close to right now. I know the I feeling know. is there, but yeah, I don't know if it's a huge gap. Um, I, I, there is a gap, that's for sure. I think this team uh, definitely needs to get tougher. Uh, and I still think it needs to also get more skilled. They need to get uh, a couple more um, big-body guys, a, a defenseman that can move the puck, and they need to get somebody that can supplement Cam and, and Panarin. And maybe Vanek does that. Um, I, I'm not quite sure what his contract situation is. I think he is in the free agent year. Um, but toughness, and, and I think he still are lacking one elite player. Um, but again, those are things that are built over tough situations like this, as far as toughness goes. Um, and, and the other thing too is, you know, Panarin can't keep taking shots. I mean, we knew he was banged up. It, it, he got drilled behind the net uh, during one uh, one shift in the second period, and nobody came over and no did retaliation. anything to the guy. Nothing, not even a tap on the back. You know, it's like it's. It, I don't know. Little things like that. But and you're down goal, so take the penalty. What does it matter at that point? Like you're already down, and it's not like you're. You know what I mean? I think it was a two-one lead at that point. I mean, maybe it's a little tighter, but still, man. I mean, I don't know. Like I'm not I, even I, saying take the penalty. You know, just but you got to do something. You got to let them know you're there. And you're not going to let your best player on your team get crunched every shift up and down the ice. Somebody should be getting splat like a bug on a windshield on that glass, man. When that when that puck goes in those corners, man. Like behind Where's Hopi, Jody and Shelley I just did not. I, I never saw it. I never saw it, and that was the one thing that I was just getting disappointed, you know, like um, with the whole thing. Um, I want to give a shout out to Kevin James Valentin, of course, you know, over there, Union Blue Soldiers, and Dave McMeckham. Um, those guys have been awesome. Everybody's been awesome in the Union Blue Soldiers. I know it's a lot of sad Blue Jackets fans out there. I mean, there's nothing you can say. I mean, this one, you know, it's another of many gut punches, and um, I mean. I don't know. Maybe my skin's a little thicker because I've seen teams lose. Uh, my favorite teams lose so many times. And I know, but I know the winning comes. I just hope it doesn't yeah. take thirty years for the Blue Jackets to, you know, hoist the cup. I, I don't think it'll be that long. Um, and uh, you know, and on a positive note, I, I really think this team can hit its stride and and become one of the elite teams in the National Hockey League for the next two three years, uh, starting next year. We'll see what happens. I'm pretty sure Hall's daughters will be willing to wheel you into the uh, nationwide arena, you know, in your wheelchair. <laughs> yeah, I mean, holding your cane, Jake. So. Uh, all right, ladies and gentlemen, stay encouraged. I mean, we'll be we'll be doing a full wrap up show. We'll get some of your favorites on. Um, get some of the guys from the CBJ Artillery. Yeah, those guys always stay positive somehow. I mean, I know they're hurting right now, but you know, maybe get Jordan Mills on. You know what I mean? That guy will pump us up. Uh, for our Blue Jackets off season, but uh, yeah, this one still we lamented, and uh, but the future is bright. The future is bright. Yeah, and you know what? You know who my new favorite player is? Well, not new favorite player, but the guy I really like, and the guy added me as a friend on. I, this was a long time ago, Jake. I forgot to tell you that. But Pierre Luc Dubois, um, we are favorite yeah. friends. So there you go. And, and shout out to Pete nice. Pagenu who guaranteed a victory. Seeing Seth Jones, uh, thanks a lot, Pete. <laughs> Um, no, that's, that's pretty cool. I, you know, I came around on Pierre-Luc Dubois, uh, at first I thought he was kind of soft and uh, I think what it was more than anything was he was trying to feel his way, uh, on this roster and he definitely took a huge step forward in the playoffs. 
uh, he's going to go into next year as probably one of our top four or five players on this team offensively anyway. And he's so long and, and just kind of uh, – he, he's just a tough defend, I guess. Is the Zabinski situation addressed in the offseason? I know it's too yeah. fresh to think about right now, but it's the one thing that was in the back of my head this whole – like at least these last two games as I'm watching guys come on and off the ice. I mean, we look at the ice time. Yeah, I, I, my first read is that he won't be back with the club next year. Um, I, I think you're going to see this team really dedicate itself to speed, um, athleticism, youth, even more so than it is now. And, and I don't think Dubinsky is at that point of his career where he can really help us. Um, you can find veteran leaderships elsewhere. You know, Nick Foligno is a veteran. He's our captain. Uh you know, whoever it may be. Seth Jones, obviously, is a huge impact. Warinsky. The, the leaders are there. You don't need Dubinsky now to, to be a leader on this team. Uh, he served his purpose. And he was, he's a great player. But, uh, I, I mean, I'd love to have him back, but I, I just don't see it being an opportunity for for him to get back. All right, ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. That's our honest reaction. Um, and please don't don't kill me for saying that maybe it's time to remove Bob. I'm just saying Bob needs some help because maybe we do like Trotz did. I mean, give that guy a game off or something. I don't know, man. There's got to be something no. to give, man. Bob needs I mean, help. Well, it's not working, right, Jake. It's not right working. He's been getting lit up these playoffs, man, the last three years. He's thinking. I mean, remember last? What was it? Uh, two seasons ago, we were talking about they. They were talking about him in the off season and his psyche and him starting to go see the sports psychologist. Like, I mean, they're not helping him, and that that has to do a lot with the two on defense, man. They do not help him. They let him get buried, and it, and it, and it, it it has to mess with him mentally going into another off season, not being able a four game straight. That is bad, man. That's bad. I don't. There's no way around that. No, I, I can't argue with that, and that's why I said everybody's got to look themselves in the mirror. But I don't think that it's a Sergei Bobrovsky issue with this club for why they're losing. I think it's a very much a group effort, and yeah, Sergei's a part of it. But uh, let's also keep in mind uh, at the same time just how valuable a, a great goalie is, and you've got two Vezina trophies, and uh, we remember what it was like to have Steve Mason and uh, Ron Tugnut and whoever the hell we have playing goalie, you know. So no, I know that. I know. No, I don't want Tugnut back. I don't want the Tugnut back. We'll be giving up seven right. goals um, yeah. to the Kings, but no, it's a growing I, what, process for everyone, including Bob. No, but my thing is maybe there's a way to get him some rest down the stretch. I mean, like that's all I'm saying. When you yeah, know you're going to make the playoffs, I know they. Were, I know yeah. they were fighting to get in for a certain, you know, like seeing how it was going to play out and everything at the end, but. I mean, yeah, I, you're right. Some, that'll be that'll yeah, be ahead. interesting to see. You're right. That'll be interesting to see what they do at the backup position. Uh, if they go back to Corpy, or if uh, they try to bring somebody in that uh, could not compete, but uh, give Bob a, a few more extra days off going into a playoff where you don't have to feel like you've got that huge drop off between the pipes. Yeah, that's that's all I want to see him at his best. I just didn't feel like you know. I didn't feel like he got a lot of support. I mean, Torch said that in some of those games going down the street. You know, like they got to pick him up sometimes. Um, you know, and they do it with the goal scoring. They have the games where they have the output. So, But then the other games, you know, like the guy really needs help on defense sometimes. That's all. I mean, especially in this series, you saw it. Um, and, I mean, this is starting out in the first period, so I don't know. But, we, you know, it's too fresh. Um, the wound's too fresh, you know, too raw. Um, 
So no, I'm not trying to It'll get be all right. the Bob out of here. There's another It'll guy we're going right. to talk about the Cleveland Indians I want out of here, but that's for another podcast, ladies and gentlemen. So, um, stay on the stay on track. Stay on that. All right. As always, go Jackets five lines strong. Um, Jake will be looking for next year's playoff slogan to enjoy that. So there it is. <laughs> there you go. Perfect. Go Jackets. Yeah, I mean, I'm tired of this Trevor Bauer guy with these excuses, by the way, but we'll say oh, that for another time. Oh, stop it. Man, you, man, you know, you know <laughs> first of all, that guy gave up that home run. And I didn't go. That guy gave up that home run, man. And then looked around at everybody else like it was their fault. He grooved that pitch, but you know what I'm saying? <laughs> He'd be an ace on 12 seasons. <laughs> to Machado, no less. You know what I mean? And then he looked like, oh, man, like that guy's not supposed to hit that. You know what I mean? Like that's Speaking the thing I can't think so. We we need to figure out a way to get Manny Machado on this roster. I don't know how they didn't get that trade done this offseason. They that got to figure it out. Talk about watching this series. Like I was watching. Now, oh, good lord! That's what I was gonna say, man. I love that Fox Sports Ohio has that picture in picture now on their app. Um, you can watch both like the Blue Jackets and the Indians at the same time. So it's pretty cool. Nice. All right. This Shout is out. with the North Fox. Okay. Yeah. This is with an Ohio Bias, a podcast for real fans with D and Jake. NFL Draft 2018, what are the Browns going to do to mess this one up? No. Uh, What are the Browns going to do, ladies and gentlemen? What is John Dorsey going to do? You got myself and Jake here. Uh, We're going to break this one down in a little faster session than we usually do. We're going to give you our top five prospects, uh, the guys with the bus potential, if they were to be with the Browns, selected by the Cleveland Browns. Um, We're going to then – you know, talk about the confidence level that we have in this front office. Yet again, a new front office with John Dorsey, GM, Lonzo Highsmith, and uh, Elliot Wolf. Uh, some guys in the front office, and some old guys still in the front office. Andrew Barry. Um, talk about some of the off-season moves they already made to sure up the Browns for next season and start getting some wins. And then, of course, get into the strategy and the predictions um, for what we think the Browns will do in the first and second round. We're not going to full seven rounds like we usually do. Um, we just want to touch base because we did get some requests out there, Jake. So. Uh, Looking at this thing, Jake, um, I mean, let's start with the quarterback because that's number one. I mean, I figure we'll go through the other prospects that we like for the other picks. But, I mean, you know, I'm a Josh Allen fan, man. There's no other way around it. Um, I think Sam Darnold is too safe. Plus those 27 interceptions scare me. Um, Plus the lineage of no USC quarterback being good. And um, just if you really want to know why, it might be the Wentz effect, man. Give me the big arm from the rural school out of the big sky country, man, and let's see what this kid can do. He can get him and his 56% completion percentage at Wyoming. It's not like he was playing against Georgia and Alabama. And I know the wide receivers aren't the greatest thing in the world, but I'm talking about 56%. Has there ever been a quarterback in the NFL who's ever succeeded with a, with a completion percentage under 60%? To me, it's just it's a big arm, Jeff George. You know that's that's who he is to me. Uh, he's he's not the next Carson Wentz in my mind. I think the the best talent and the most upside right now is Sam Darnold. And to be honest with you, D, I don't think he's worth the first overall pick. If it were up to me and I were John Dorsey, I wouldn't pick a quarterback with uh, my first two picks. I might be looking at the at the first pick in the second round and maybe somebody like Lamar Jackson or. Uh, I, don't, I know we're going to get the comparison to Brandon Wheaton, but a Mason Rudolph. And I know that's a little outside the box, but you're not doing anything that is, uh, that's going to hurt your team. You're getting two studs with those first two picks, whether that's, um, or whether that's Chubb or uh, Micah Fitzpatrick or whoever it might end up being. 
uh, I, I think that would be an option for me. Also, trading out of one of those two picks would be an option. Uh, I think Tyrod Taylor can buy you a couple of years, and I'm not in love with any of these quarterbacks, really. Uh, who knows what ends up happening as people start falling and, and stuff. But, you know, Deshaun Kaiser was the same way. I feel the same way about Kaiser last year that I feel about uh, your guy this year. And it was that he's got all the all the shiny, pretty things. But when it comes to being able to complete a 15-yard crossing route over the middle consistently, I don't trust either one of them. Well, here's where it's Brown-centric, you know what I'm saying? And I agree with you at the spot where I wouldn't take a quarterback here, but we know that the Browns are in a – their hand is forced that they have to. Um, so, I, I mean, like, I, w- I would be right there with you. I would take Chubb at number one and, you know, wheel and deal at number four, get get real crazy. But um, there's no need to even go down that road because I really don't think – I don't see that happening. I'll tell you who I'm not taking is Baker Mayfield. I'm not taking another six-foot guy. I don't care how uh, – you can throw all the stats about his completion percentage out there, and it's just it, – it makes me want to – it makes me physically ill. Um, I just – you know, the guy's attitude, everything, I just, you know – it, it, that guy is not going to succeed with the Cleveland Browns in the, in 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 an NFL season, especially coming in with an attitude that he doesn't want to sit. Um, I think that's the big thing that gives Josh Allen or any of these quarterbacks taken <laughs> at that first pick, you know, a chance because they will probably be paying for a whole other system or. Uh, as one of my new favorite Twitter accounts, Jake, uh, Todd Haley as interim coach at some point. But that's a, I don't want to get down a Hugh Jackson rabbit hole. I want to stay with the draft. But you understand what I'm saying? So, like, we're, we're, no, like so with the, that, that theory of you, or, I mean, what you're throwing out there, that's why I wouldn't take a quarterback either at number one. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I see a coaching change on the horizon here very soon. No, it would be a zoo and a circus if you took Baker Mayfield and all the hype and everything you would have to put behind him. I don't know if he can live up to uh, the expectations of the Browns fans. That's why I think that, to me, I don't even bother with a quarterback in those first couple picks. This team needs a lot of stuff. But at the same time, this team is also – it's close. You know, I mean, with the added uh, pieces uh, with Landry and the other free agent acquisitions, uh, having Josh back this year for a full season, Tyrod Taylor comes in. I've seen stupider things happen in the league than a team turn around in one year. Look at the Rams from last year. Uh, so to me, so to me, let's get you know who's winning Super Bowls: the Philadelphia Eagles, the two monster defensive ends. Who's winning Super Bowls? Denver Broncos with Vaughn. Uh, uh, what's what's his name? Vaughn. Uh, Vaughn Miller. With Vaughn Miller and uh, and Demarcus Ware. So to me, I, I want to get that other bookend defensive end and build wherever my strength is. Look what Seattle was able to do with a defense for a three-year span. Uh, to me, the quarterback position, it's still the most important position in all sports, but it's not as important as it was five, seven years ago in my mind. Now, I will say this, man. The one thing I think about with Tyrod Taylor, I think about him staying upright, and this is where I give the shine. Kaiser, and this was the one thing that I thought about, Jake, too, is why I like the big, strong kid from Wyoming, durability. The Browns' history, Deshaun Kaiser was the first Browns quarterback in a long time to go 15-16, to 16, and that was because he, you know, he left the one game with the concussion but came back you know, I and mean, got through the protocol the next week. Like I, I don't know that any of these guys, even Tyrod Taylor, is going to make it to week 16. I mean, it's just flat out the way it is. Um, and that's just it's just the way it goes for the Browns. I mean, like I can't dance around it. Plus, here's the other thing. I, I, we might as well address this too, Jake. I don't want Saquon Barkley 
because he Hell is a no. great player, but he will not Hell fit way. with the Browns. Hugh Jackson doesn't run the ball. I, I'm sorry for the Saquon squad out there. Everybody's screaming the Browns should take him at one. Hugh Jackson doesn't run the ball. Why are you taking a, a Corvette when you know your guy can't drive stick? You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't make any sense. That would be so asinine to take Saquon Barkley here with what you need with Cleveland. I mean, just look no no further than our GM in taking Kareem Hunt last year in the second round. I, I, I love Barkley, and he could turn out to be the next uh, Emmett Smith or whoever the hell, uh, Adrian Peterson. But to me, it, it, it's still a position that you can get someone that's going to be very, very uh, helpful to your team, that's going to be able to do the things that that guy would be able to do mostly. But you can't get that from a defensive end in the second and third round. You know, you can't get that from an offensive tackler or whatever the position is. Running back seems to be the only position that if you have a superstar available, the third or fourth guy will probably get you maybe a little bit less, but it's going to keep you in, in what you want to do as far as down the distance and, and uh, having a legitimate threat. Just thinking of all the running backs that have come out in the second and third and fourth rounds that – uh, it, it's just it's way too much of uh, of equity into Saquon Barkley for this team. This team needs to build defense right now. Still, yeah, I agree with that, and I would go defense. I'd go Chubb if at four. I would even go Raquan, uh, Roquan Smith. I mean, I would really stack it up because That's I think they work. still need help at. I think they still need help at linebacker. We need cornerbacks, but we need a bigger we, – we actually need a safety, man. I don't know what's going on with these Browns. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know why this is such a big deal. I, I mean, a, a big glaring hole. But, I mean, as much as we need corners, we need a safety too. Um, I don't think Denzel Ward would fit well with the Browns and what they do, honestly, man. I, I mean, I think he's going to be great somewhere else, like every other DB that has went past. Um, but, Probably Pittsburgh. Like, yeah, I, uh, but I'll tell you this right now. I still like Derwin James. Now, I know you can't take him at four, but I think he's one of the best prospects on the board defensively, and he fits the need that yeah. he's a ball hawk that would change what we do on defense. We've got yeah. to change what we do on defense, not just be good enough to stop. And that's why I think, like, Jake, I'm not trying to go through that whole thing, but that's why I think we're a little further away than you do, just because we're not affecting the game with the talent that we do have, even if it is a Miles Garrett or anybody else or Jabril Pepper because those guys don't make an impact when they're on the field. Like, they make a couple plays here and there, but you don't get an impact player. Um, and that's what I'm hoping if you do have bookends. But you bring up the Eagles, they got eight guys like that. So that's yeah. what the Browns need to do in this draft when they go all the way through is stack depth at those defensive positions. And I think that should be the real strategy. Um, when we look at all they're going to take a quarterback. If it's Sam Darnold, that's fine. He sits Hopefully Tyrod Taylor makes it through the season. Hopefully they grab somebody in the second round of Sonny Michelle, really like Derek Geis, um, you know, one of these other running backs. Because I'm going to tell you like this, too, as much as I talk about the durability at the quarterback position, we know I love him. Duke Johnson's going to get hurt. Carlos Hyde has never been healthy. If you ever played fantasy football and had that guy on your roster, he's always a scratch <laughs> going into a week. Love him. He's a Buckeye. Thank God we turned the corner on that, Jake. We actually have a Buckeye on the Browns. You uh, but you know, <laughs> Yeah, but we need, we, we're going to need another guy. So hopefully that, you know, running back. But they're not going to be forced in a position where they've got to be the savior. So I think that might be something that the Browns are moving into. Um, with Dorsey and this new regime, that they're able to actually spread talent out over the whole team rather than it be all focused on like we were hope, putting our pinning our hopes on last year of Miles Garrett, um, you know, having 15 sacks or something like that. 
Well, I, I, I agree. I think that, but that part of this, though, is in why Jabril Pepper and Miles Garrett haven't had the impact yet that we've wanted to. First, I mean, Garrett was hurt half the season. Who knows how hurt he was when he was actually playing. Uh, Jabril was kind of lost in no man's land most of last year. And, and I'm not trying to make excuses for them, but what I'm trying to say is if you add a Bradley Chubb, everybody starts getting a little bit better because now you're not seeing all the double teams. You know what I mean? And if you had a, a cornerback that's a big-time threat, and maybe it's not Denzel Ward, but whoever it might be, um, n- now you make the next guy, Jabril Peppers, a little bit better because he can be a little bit more free as far as uh, roaming and trying to be a ball hawk. So I think that there's uh, definitely uh, this team has a long way to go defensively, but I think these teeths are there, and that's why I think it's so important that you add more elite talent so that the elite talent that you had last year has a better chance of succeeding because of the other elite talent. I'm going to go through a couple other guys. Another guy that I think would have bust potential that he would not fit with the Browns. I'm not saying he's going to be bad anywhere else. It's just when people come to Cleveland, it's just a little bit tougher, as everybody knows, is Mika Fitzpatrick. I think we get more of the same with your Bill Peppers, a guy that doesn't have a true position or at least didn't play one uh, to an elite level in college. He was everything for Alabama on that defense. Playmaker, no doubt. You know, ball hawk, yes, sir. But, you know, he wasn't a shutdown corner. He wasn't a shutdown safety. And they're projecting him now as a slot guy, um, nickel, uh, to come into the NFL, that's not going to help the Browns right now. So that's another guy that wouldn't be high on my list, Jake. No, I, I'm with you there. I, I mean, I think trading back one of these two picks is a legit possibility, um, especially if somebody wants Saquon Barkley bad enough. And, you know, would it kill us to to move back towards the back of the first round and add another first rounder next year and get somebody like a Billy Price? You know, that's going to be a center for this team for 10 years. I mean, that, that's what I'm talking about. You know, you, you've got to keep adding players that are going to be stalwarts on your team for the next four, five, six years anyway. Um, so it, 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 I need guys that love to play football and are good in the locker room. That's all I give a shit about. Can, do you love playing football? Are you good at playing football? screw 40 times and whatever you did in college. I want guys that are hungry that want to be in the film room, especially a guy at quarterback. Um, He needs to be in there before anybody else gets in there and needs to be there when everybody else is gone. If they were to go down, they could pick up a guy like Josh Jackson, a cornerback from Iowa, who is uh, in that mid area, um, that, that teenish area, that 10, 12, 13 area, maybe 15, 16, 17, at least projected. Um, also, maybe Harold Landry, you know, like um, it, 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 there's a lot of guys out there that they could go to um, that would, like, fit that mold. The only thing is, Jake, I mean, they've got to – I think it's important for Dorsey to hold on to these picks and stay pat and show that he can draft and get guys. Just, I mean, it makes me feel better. It makes everybody feel better. I mean, like, makes everybody feel better. It would make a huge impact to show that, you know, because that's something we've had everybody come in in a new regime, and that would be the same thing over again, a guy trading down. I'm for it. Don't get me wrong. But I'm just saying I think it's important for confidence moving forward, and I know that's not something we should be trying to sell, but you got to do something to fill those seats come next year because uh, this team, as you know, that record is not doing it. Yeah, I mean, nobody likes to trade down. You want to take the best available player as quick and as high up as you can. Um, but uh, I, I think that Dorsey's not worried about 
perception in my mind. He, he comes off as very confident and knows what he's doing and is coming here to, to, to do what he knows how to do. Um, you know, what, he took, he's the guy who took Patrick Mahomes and Kareem Hunt last year. Uh, you know, a couple guys traded way up. So who knows? He might like someone really good and, and trade up. And, you know, that, that's how the draft works anymore. You know, all these mock drafts and everything else, by the time you get to the third or fourth pick, it's already busted up. And, and most people have maybe 16 of the 32 first-round picks anywhere near where they were going to be taken. So we, we just don't know, but I think we've, we're definitely identifying the keys and what we, what we need and what we really hope that John Dorsey is going to give us as far as an answer to this team being freaking miserable for the last third of my life. Yeah, well, I'd say Tyrod Taylor definitely helps you win games. Maybe not the home opener. Uh, we'll talk about the schedule closing out the podcast here. But, um, like, I think he does help you win games. I think he's, Jarvis Landry some guy we liked for a long time. I mean, we both mutual. I mean, like, just you, – you drew like fantasy football when you see the numbers he put up for the Miami Dolphins over the last couple of years and just the physicality he plays with on the football field being, you know, at his position and what he does is amazing. So I'm hopefully he brings that to Cleveland and hopefully from the video and everything that he's doing, Jake, he's a new face. I mean, he's got the contract to match, but he's the new face of the franchise. I mean, he's automatically brought all these guys together along with hanging out with Tyrod Taylor. So I like seeing that, but maybe this is the veteran guy that you talk about Josh Gordon. I mean, he seems to be staying out of trouble, knock on wood. Um, but maybe Jarvis Landry has that impact on him where if we get a competition between who's going to be the better receiver every Sunday between Jarvis Landry and Josh Gordon, um, but let me put that on hold. Um, when it comes to Dorsey, and the reason I bring up that strategy, I got I got excited for a second, and that's the kind of optimism that I can't have going into the draft um, because the problem with what you're talking about when it comes to Dorsey and those guys like and what he did in Kansas City, this situation, as we always talk about, is so specifically unique in Cleveland. Nobody has ever had this many picks. I mean, when's the last time Dorsey's had a one and a four to play with? Or, you know, he's always been working from a seat of, you know, not a lot of holes to fill, and you focus, you can laser focus in on one or two guys. So you can find that gem if it's in the second round. Third. This guy's got, you know, close to 12 picks that he's got to nail because here's the other thing I really wanted to talk about, Jake. We finally got rid of Chris Tabor. So now we're going to turn the corner. And the biggest part, the the biggest improvement that I want to see in this football team is special teams. And the guy that I want them to take in the second round is Christian Kirk from Texas A&M, get a true returner back there to be a burner. But also, too, in those late rounds, that's why I really want to go into it. All I want to see is, guys, you talk about love football, and I don't know if we get rid of the kickoff, that whole thing happens. But if we still got one this season, I want to see us winning some of those kickoffs and getting some returns and seeing Josh Cribbs scream from the sideline as a Browns employee. Yeah, I, I, what I, what I want to see out of our draft pick is love of football, speed, athleticism, and, and having a half a brain on your uh, have a brain. So um, definitely excited, and I do have. I am confident that they can do that, man. I'm just you know that anxiety you gotta be. set in. You know what, what, what else do you have to live for? You know, <laughs> <laughs> at this point, um, we've come this far. <laughs> Anybody else that you think of, like, um, I mean, like, I'll tell you this, too. You know, I mean, most of these guys are guys that did in um, 
had pretty good performances when I seen them uh, play. But the other guy that I think about late, late rounds is uh, Simi Cobbs, the wide receiver from Indiana. Maybe make something out of him as a possession guy. I don't know. We've tried that before. I mean, we still got Hollywood Higgins on the roster. So maybe after that, guy. That, 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 that week 16 breakout game, he brings that to next season. I don't know. I'm not hoping on that. But, um Man, I, I, I am very hopeful for the Browns. I mean, I I like the brain trust that they have. I just want to see it come together. I, I think we'll know that first night. Jake, we'll know Friday morning um, by one and four or if they trade down or whatever they do. I mean, we're going to know real quick. Um, at least I will. I feel like I will, uh, whether or not they're heading in the right direction. Well, I mean, at this point, we know one thing. John Dorsey is not afraid of being bold. If anything, uh, we found out that he's he's willing to completely restructure the team's offense and uh, personnel within uh, one day. Uh, I, I think he's going to do exactly what he thinks is the best move for the Cleveland Browns, and he's not a guy that's you know, wishy-washy, that's taking opinions, that's, you know, wondering what the homeless dude wants to take. Um, I think this guy is is a no-nonsense. Uh, this is going to be my ultimate decision, and I'm going to make that decision based on the information that my scouts and the analytics give me. Now, I'm not asking you to keep some ridiculous streak that Mike Mayock is claiming or anything like that, but what do you think the Browns do at 1-4 and four in that first round? Um, I, I think they will take a quarterback at one. Uh, I think they will take Sam Darnold on it ultimately. And then uh, at four, uh, Chubb if he's there. Yeah, I, I, I'm hoping for Chubb at four. I like that. Um, I'm going with my gut, man. My gut says they're taking Josh. Your guy. That one. <laughs> Your guy. You, you lived and died with Kaiser last year. Remember that. Hey, man, the guy, the guy was there at the end, man, still standing. <laughs> What Browns quarterback can say that in a long time, man? It wasn't, it wasn't from some great plays, and Lord knows I don't want him calling any more quarterback sneaks. But he can take that. He can take that on the road to Green Bay. But um, yeah, I mean he was still standing, Jake. I mean, considering everything that was done, I mean we'll have no, time to talk about that in the summer, man. He was still uh, honestly. That's the one. And I was thinking about him as a backup. I'm not saying start him, but I mean, hell, man, maybe he would have learned something. I don't know. Uh-huh. Well, this, I've been saying this theory, and that, that was one move that I wish Dorsey wouldn't have made. Is you spend a second round pick on Kaiser? It's not hurting you to hang on to him anymore, um, mm-hmm. and and it's a unique opportunity that no NFL quarterback has really had to to take advantage of, where you play as a rookie fifteen games in a season, and then you have an opportunity to take a step back and watch a veteran for a year, and then come back and and be whatever you're going to be. Uh, to me, I can't remember any time that would have happened. And I, I, like you said, I like Kaiser's size and arm strength and all the intangibles. And he's an Ohio kid, and he seems to be pretty intelligent and wants to work harder than anybody else in the, on the team. And you know, Only caught out the club twice, you know? So. Yeah. yeah, two times. I mean, it's a pretty big, learn, it's a pretty big uh, curve as far as going out in Cleveland as, as far as quarterbacks go. But uh, I don't know. I, I guess, uh, like I said, they know better than us as far as what they're seeing on the film and what's going on in meetings and team and everything else. Uh, but it is the excitement too, man. I mean, I think about it. If they, it, it, I'm fine with Sam Darnold. Also, I mean, I, I won't be, you know, jumping for joy, high five. Who aren't anybody. you fine with? Is it Baker? Oh, I'm not Baker fine with. I've said it, Baker Mayfield. I've said it, Baker Mayfield. What about? Rosen? And I'm not. I'm also not fine with. I, I mean, even though I like Rosen, I'm not fine with him because 
I don't know what's going on with that dude. Like, I've never seen the negative, like, like just a, a negative buzz around a guy who really did nothing but play play decent. I mean, he kind of reminds me of, like, Aaron Rodgers in college. Like, had some great wins, um, even better than Aaron Rodgers' college career at Cal, actually. You know what I'm saying? UCLA, that, that game they came back against Texas Tech, um, you know, like – but this guy just literally nobody likes this guy. Like, you know, reminds me so, of Jake Cutler. Yeah, no, that's good. That's actually a good comparison. That's a good comparison. Yeah, no. But see, I think he's like I, when I see him, he's got more personality than Cutler. Cutler's just a, a nasty fellow, yeah. man, as they say. You know what I mean? He's just a bad seed. <laughs> bad seed, as they say. So, but that is true. That is that is um that is a great comparison. Thinking about him coming out of Vanderbilt, people really didn't know what to make of his personality and whatnot. Um. But, yeah, so, like, man, I really wish, like, you brought it up, and, you know, I was feeling that same way, too. If they could get around it and take Chubb at one, but um, I know they won't do that. I just know. No, you got to trade out at one. If you're not going to take the quarterback at one, you got to trade out and give somebody their quarterback. Uh, Let me ask you this. If they trade out if they trade out at one and then would get Chubb at four still, and, you know, somehow – um, depending on who they trade with, whatever, get the get still get you know one of those four guys. Are you fine with that? Even if Allen, Darnold, whoever. I mean, like, um, I mean that's a that's a make a wish scenario. But I, the only quarterback that the quarterbacks that I would take a chance on would be Darnold, and uh, yeah, I would I would have an open mind for Mayfield, just because of his. You know, his, again, love for football, his competitive edge, his willing to work hard. Um, there's a lot of intangibles. And I know we're going to get the Manziel comparisons, uh, but he's not Johnny Manziel. He's not going out swan swimming uh, on an inflatable swan. He's not uh, putting money to his ear and say he can't hear you because he's got so much fucking money or whatever the hell he said. Um, you know, I, I think that'll be an un- unfair comparison and, uh, from what I've seen, I like that intangible stuff, but at the same time, it's that it's that balance. You know, you like Allen because of all the the measurables. I, I like uh, Darnold because he's got the measurables plus a little bit of an edge to him. I, I like my quarterback to have a little bit of an edge to him. Yeah, I think about Josh Allen. You just made me think about something when you were talking about Baker Mayfield. Now, one thing is the guy does have the dance moves now. He would have to moonwalk his way back from those comments <laughs> and one to start. But, you know what I mean? Um, I, I think about Josh Allen. I kind of think about Paxton Lynch, and you could go reverse with the stats. Paxton Lynch completion percentage coming out of Memphis was unreal. Um, but that guy hasn't worked out. So, I mean, as you always say, man, it's a crapshoot. They got the information, all that stuff. But I really think the yeah. Browns do um, – I mean, my heart. I'm just being. I'm being funny. I mean, I think they're going Darnold too. Honestly, I think they're going to take Darnold, but I'm hoping that they get Chubb too. So if they get Chubb, I'm happy, and I think that's the way it's going to go, man. I think if it's going, if it just goes that clean and straightforward, I'll be happy too. Because you know what? It wasn't a shit show on draft night like we've seen before. Yeah, the the only thing that I hope for, and I've heard rumors out there, people, all the talking heads at ESPN love to kick around the Browns, and that's fine. Do not take two quarterbacks with one and four. Please just don't because it's going to make. I've advocated for that on the podcast in past years. It's going to make us look stupid. No, No, this is not the the quarterbacks are just not there. It's not those guys. Not it's not too worth taking that high. Like yeah, man, does that look desperate or what? If you did something like that. 
Well, and, and that, I would, I would, I would be fine with that position if we didn't have Tyrod Taylor. And shout out to John Dorsey for that, for getting these guys here. I mean, people were crying, Dustin Fox, belly aching about Jarvis Landry getting that contract, mm-hmm. man. I mean, I'm sorry you didn't get paid that much when you're in the NFL. I don't know where else the hate could come from, man. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't, it points to nothing else but pure jealousy. I, I mean, I'm sorry, man. I love Dustin Fox, but man, what is this guy's problem with Jarvis Landry's contract? I mean, this guy <laughs> cried about it for a whole week on the radio. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. The guy's on for five hours every night. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> well, um, Jarvis Landry is going to get about 100000 per yard. So we'll, yeah. we'll see if they, but, um, um, but I mean, one, one I mean, we're not going to be one and th- we're not going to be one in 15 next year. That's no, what I do feel no. confident in. So, right. um, me too. and whoever comes in that draft one and four. Yeah. Whoever comes in one and four, um, I think they're going to be a help to that some way, somehow, if it's practice squad, yeah. if it's getting other guys ready. Um, and then, like you said, what, what's your prediction looking at the schedule, uh, the way you looked at it um, and your opening game pr- prediction? Ten and six. All right. There it is, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Get your playoff ticket. Hey, don't ask Mike Holmgren for playoff tickets, but make your plans accordingly. So. Nope, nope, no, no, no. We actually missed the playoffs at ten and six again. Uh, it's yeah, a very Cleveland Browns great. thing to do. A heartbreaker, but uh, hey, Steelers are pretty good. Um, I think they win. I think they win five games. I think they win five games. We got plenty I'll of time six. to break that down. I'll take six. I'll take the over whatever Vegas total. puts up. They usually give five us like half. five or six. Yeah, five and yeah, a half. Yeah, I'll take five and a half. Right, yeah, I'll take the six then. I'll go with you with the six. Um, yeah, and that's just once again that's Josh Allen optimism with that six. So, <laughs> there you go. Uh, well, I could I could be singing a whole different tune come Friday morning. So get ready for that, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, on social media. So, uh, what I would uh, be oh, oh, one, one quick thing as we close out the podcast, Jake. Um, we know that you know you talked about possibly getting the center. Um, I don't think there's a good enough offensive lineman. First of all, there'd never be a good enough offensive lineman in this draft, probably or many to come that could replace Joe Thomas. Um, your thoughts on Joe Thomas's retirement? Um, how you remember his career right now? Do you need more time with it? And uh, let's get ready for a big on the road podcast when the guy goes in the Hall of Fame here in five years. Yeah, Joe's got an interesting, you know, spot in Cleveland Browns history in my mind. Yeah, you know, maybe the the best player in Browns history to never play a playoff game. Um, you know, it, it's it, it's. It's a really weird situation how good he was and how much we wasted his career. Um, but, uh, you know, it seems like a good guy. Uh, he's funny. He's smart. He'll do great on TV here eventually. Uh, he'll be a Hall of Famer one day. And in the grand scheme of things, uh, he did absolutely nothing except for start a bunch of games in a row. Well, Joe Thomas was my emotional MVP and champion. Whenever I felt down about the Browns, I could always look to this guy who we knew was going into the Hall of Fame, and I felt better, no matter what the situation was. And the metamorphosis he had as a person, um, just, you know, being the spokesperson for the Browns in every bad situation and stepping up to the mic, you know, um, after a game, getting injured, you know, being hurt. I mean, I think about the season with him and Alex Mack when it was coming together, uh, the season of dreams. I mean, he was a winner when it was winning time. I mean, I think about him 
you know, dancing with Brian Hoyer after that Tennessee Titans comeback. I mean, there was times when he was a winner, um, when the team, those rare times when the team won. And uh, the guy was just, he was the fan's emotional MVP. And I think that's why, I mean, it might not be a connection that other people see around the league and whatnot. I mean, his peers respect him. So he'll go in the Hall of Fame on their recommendation alone, that from the media. But I think that's why there'll be throngs of Browns fans there because, He's that emotional connection that they had to a, a maybe probably the worst era of football in uh, not only this team's history, but maybe even the NFL. Yeah, I mean, he's been the best thing for the Cleveland Browns uh, as far as a player and, um, you know, a guy you can look up to and let your kids get a jersey and all that sort of stuff. You know, maybe Josh Cribbs would be a close second or maybe slightly ahead, but uh uh, obviously, the career is uh, it speaks for itself, and what he the record of uh, being able to start so so many games in a row in a league where injuries just happen. Uh, I mean, you could go out on the field and stub your toe and not play on a Sunday, um, and this guy answered the bell all the way to the end. So, yeah, hats off, respect to Joe Thomas, and uh, hope uh, we get to hear him weekly in a broadcast booth calling the Browns games. Yeah, small fortress of solitude in an era of losing. Um, and I just remember you saying after that game, we had did a show, man, that that might be the last we've seen. You were right, man. And that's just crazy. That's just crazy, just, you know, the way that it ended. But, um, I mean, this guy is in such good spirits, and that comedic performance he gave, <laughs> even though I don't think the jokes are going over, and I don't think the Browns organization even knew he was going to go that deep through the greatest uh, <laughs> negative hits, as you could call it, um, you know, at his retirement, you know, announcement. But, um, yeah, man, uh, I did hear one good thing, Jake. Well, not one good thing, but one good suggestion. That they should rename, you know, the area outside Joe Thomas Way. So it would be like Joe Thomas Block. I thought that was a pretty cool idea. I can't – it was some guy called into <laughs> the radio with it. But I just thought that was a pretty cool idea. And I think that would be the best way because they were talking about putting him in the ring of fire or ring of fire. Ring of honor, ring stuff of like that. I mean, that's a little nice, bit – Johnny Cash. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, it feels like the Browns are in the ring of fire right now, going into this draft. But you know, um, it's ninety nine. Uh, I think that would be be pretty cool. Um, yeah, I, I think that's kind of catchy and, and makes a lot of sense. You know, you got Paul Warfield Drive and um, Jim Brown Drive. I'm sure somewhere we know grows up for sure um, with the headquarters. Uh, I think he's deserved a, a street and, uh, I think he's deserved even more than a street. I think he's deserves a whole block. Well, he definitely earned our respect. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's it. Um, get ready for the Sam Darnold champagne toasting come Thursday night. No, <laughs> but Jake, uh, Oh, what do you guys got coming up on the score in there, Jake? Let's get the, uh, just, just, just don't, don't embarrass us, please, John Dorsey. Just please get two players and have Mel Kuyper say that we made an intelligent pick. I don't want to hear Mel Kuyper just saying how stupid the Browns are for an entire four, eight, four to seven hours. Uh, Scoreonair.com. Uh, actually, you can check out the, for the draft. We're going to have a draft show um, on the Ohio Media School Facebook page. Uh, it'll be a live stream uh, with some of the young up-and-coming sports broadcasters here in the industry. Uh, breaking down some of the positions and the surprises and uh, we'll be on alert for Larry Tunsil to show up with a mask of marijuana. Uh, So it it should be a good time. Uh, Check that out uh, this Friday and is is draft Thursday or Friday? Thursday Thursday night. night. Yeah. Thursday night. Thursday night, man. 
Um, and then scoreonair.com, uh, the new generation of sports talk, uh, the up-and-comers, different shows every hour. you got the CBJ, uh, Columbus Crew. Uh, you got everything from video games to reality TV. Uh, a lot of good content, uh, scoreonair.com. All right, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. As always, go Browns. Uh, and we'll talk at you next time with some new Browns players. Uh, we appreciate you listening, and uh, we're out. Uh, give us a whiff. Oh, 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 oh. All right, man. That's pretty good. I got, got me going there. On the, yeah, it was fun, actually. All right, we got to talk some tribe next time, a little bit of Cavs. But, uh, no, no, that definitely. Oh, we're getting into the tribe, man. This Bauer guy with yeah. these excuses is understand. Uh, this guy claimed that it was too cold for him to warm up, and then he didn't have enough time, man. You know what I'm saying? You're on a then, witch hunt for this but guy. Then, but, ah, man, it's not a witch hunt. He brought it on himself, Yes, man. you are. That guy can't. What do you it. want I, him to do First of all, first of all I games? knew when he got lit up. I knew when he got lit up that guy was going to have an excuse, man. I knew it. I knew it watching that game. I'm like, I can't wait for this press conference. You know what I'm saying? Like, but I will tell you this. His the, the stones on this kid. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> to go straight at the commissioner, like in the press Dude, conference, so awesome. was unbelievable. You know what I'm saying? So. I, I totally disagree with his political points and everything, but he is freaking awesome. <laughs> just as far as I, I'm just, I mean, it's not, it's not adding to our team though. Like, yeah, you know oh, I mean? like we need a leader. I will tell you this: too. He, we got to talk about the Indians too, because man, literally, I almost cried, man, watching Lindor down there in Puerto Rico and that whole yeah, thing. Like, you know what I mean? So yeah, there's a lot there. So man, we got to start hitting though. Yeah. Well, they did all, all right. they did all right these last two games. So yeah, Jose's Jose's up. back. That's a good thing. Yeah. Jose's back. Once it warms up a little bit, they'll be fine. Eddie's the one I'm concerned about right at the moment. Oh, that contract's an albatross around us. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. It's uh, it's that's trouble. Anyway, all right, man. Um, all right. Stay in touch and uh, go Cavs. And uh, let me know when you want to do anything this week. Okay, sounds good. All right, brother. Bye.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.